just thinking about that <clears throat> idea that's been popular in recent years of make everybody the protagonist. You know, because that's essentially, you know, it's the fat mannequins I've talked about at Target. It's the casting decisions. It's the body positivity stuff. The stuff that is, I don't even want to talk about at this point. You know, stuff that just, you either reject that stuff or you don't. You know, you either encourage that stuff or you don't. And when I say reject, I don't even mean protest or make a big deal out of it. Because I would just say, I generally reject that stuff. Not passionately. It's not a passionate rejection, what they call a passionate rejection. It's just kind of like, no, no, I'm not buying in. And not even for the same reasons they would assume, people would assume when I say I just casually reject it. I mean, for me, a big part of it is, you know, a big part is anytime like something is sudden and forced. You know, over the years, like for the last like 10, 20 years, if there was just a, a slow increase in fat mannequins at Target, I'd be like, okay, yeah. But, you know, the, the reason I, I say fat mannequins at Target, I've talked about it on here before. I've done entire episodes about it. But it's just because I went there one day. I hadn't been to a store like that in a while. I went to Target after not being there for a while. And it was just way too many fat mannequins. Way too many. It felt like every, one, every mannequin I was seeing was one of the fat ones. And then I, I was talking on here about how you can't be the... The first person to say, hey, I think we have too many fat mannequins, or I think we have enough. At that meeting, you cannot be the one to say, we have too many fat mannequins. Or you can't even ask a question like, um, how, how many fat mannequins is, is enough? Is too much? You know, you can't be that person that asks that. Even though most people probably at some point will think that. In that situation, you can't be the person who says that. You know, you can't be the person who says, "Yeah, you know, I, I think we've uh, rebooted too many movies with you know a, a token cast." You can't be the first person to say it. I think I think it's been enough. You you can't pump the brakes on that. It's something that just runs <clears throat> runs wild, and it either has to crash or just run completely out of gas which is why like i don't even complain or protest this stuff i my opinion is like more i've been saying that for a while this is what i've been saying but i have been saying that for a while like a lot of people see it and they're like oh no they did it again oh no they they remade this movie and they made the they casted a blah actor uh, someone from this background you know and i say do it more and I say do it more, not for the same reasons that other people are, because because I like it. But I'm just saying, let it go crazy. It doesn't hurt me at all. It doesn't hurt me. It hurts the people who, you know, pay attention, who think that they have to pay attention to that. Like the people who think they have to go see it, the people who have to watch it, the people who have to go along with that. It hurts them more than it hurts anybody. But you can't be the first person to say, hey, maybe we should hit the brakes. 
So you just have to let it run out of gas or just crash into something. But uh, yeah, I think of it as like, make everybody the protagonist. But you know, think about that. Like think about, like you can have a fat protagonist. You could have an ugly protagonist. But it's going to completely change the sort of movie it is. I mean, think about a movie, like, like, think about Star Wars. Like, if Luke was just fat, if he was the only fat character, you'd just have a fat Luke. And even if they didn't use it as, like, a comedy shtick, or they, they didn't turn him into a goofball, if Luke just said and did everything he did, but he was fat, not morbidly obese, but fat, recognizably fat, you wouldn't watch that movie the same way. It wouldn't be the same movie. Even if it was done exactly the same with the same level of sincerity, it's like you would view that character in a fundamentally different way. I mean, imagine if Han Solo was fat. You know, if he said the same things, if he was just Harrison Ford. I mean, let's not even change the actor. Like, if Harrison Ford was fat, I mean, one, it wouldn't have worked. Not because you have any bias. It just would have been a much different character. You would have viewed it differently. If, if Princess Leia was fat. I mean, it turned into, a, it would have to be a comedy if they were all fat. Or if Darth Vader was fat, I could just list every character. If Obi-Wan was fat. I mean, it would just be a different story. And people would view those characters much differently. They wouldn't see them the same way. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you, you can have a fat protagonist. You can, you can have a fat hero, but it's going to be a much different kind of hero. And you look throughout history, and I mean, how many mythical heroes... I mean, every culture has had a chance, you know. Like in our current culture, it's like, oh, we're the, we can make this character fat. We can make this character this. We can promote ugliness. We, we can put fat, ugly people on the covers of magazines, on the cover of Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret Garden. But, you know, every culture has had a chance to do this. And, yeah, some cultures have celebra celebrated, like, bigger women. Or fatness has just been kind of part of things. You know, I'm not saying it has never existed, but throughout history, it's like every single people. I hate when people say peoples. I hate when peoples say peoples. Something about it just rubs me the wrong way. But all, all the people throughout history, it's like they've all had a chance to depict heroes however they want. And they generally have depicted them a certain way. They've depicted warriors a certain way. They've seen he heroism a certain way. Yeah, there are differences, but you have to look at how these, how, how much is, uh, how much they share. Like how much these different depictions throughout time and place, you know, actually have a lot in common. And people just don't want to see that. As I've said before, you know, I was a fat little kid. I loved action heroes, comic books, all that stuff. And never once did I think, I want him to be fat like me. Not because I looked down on myself for being fat. It just wasn't what I was interested in. It just didn't make sense. And I didn't need to see myself in that. 
I could still identify. Like, I mean, I still did that as, as little boys do. I still identified and role played as these characters who looked nothing like me. And the fact that they looked nothing like me was not a barrier to that. It wasn't like, oh, I can't pretend to be, uh, I'm trying to think of a character. I can't pretend to be Nick Fury. I was never into Nick Fury. He looked cool. I always thought he looked cool, but I never, never knew. I don't think I even read a comic book or saw anything he was in. I never really knew what he did. But anyway, point being, uh, you know, it's not a barrier to being Superman. Let's just go with that. I was never into Superman either. I liked Batman. I liked X-Men. Never got into Superman. 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 But, you know, like being fat wasn't a barrier to running around the house acting like Superman if I wanted to do that. Or Batman. And it actually, it would have felt kind of insulting. And that's actually what I wanted to talk about here. You know, because I think of the long-term impact. Like I was saying a second ago, I reject almost anything that is forced and sudden. Like rather than building something up gradually, I mean, there's gradual change that happens. And if I really think about it, I may feel one way or another about it. But whenever something's just sudden, whenever there's a new this oh no this we got to do this you know we saw this happen just saw this escalate over the last few years to you know summer 2020 just crazy this 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 sudden immediate change forced on everything you know i'm, I'm just always going to push back on that because it's so performative, it, there's so much overcorrection, it's so unnecessary. Um, but, you know, beyond, beyond my personal feelings on change and agendas and things, because I mean, that's what, when, when something is sudden and forced, it's like there's an obvious agenda at play. You know, if you're going to introduce an agenda, draw it out slowly. A nice slow agenda. But when an agenda results in just things being forced suddenly, let's do this, do this, do it, do it, do it. Um, it's just you're, you're never going to trust it. And so, but beyond like my personal feelings on agendas or anything like that, whenever I look at, you know, things like make everybody the protagonist, I think of just the long-term impact on the people who are into it or the people who think they're benefiting from it. Because like they'll reach a point in probably the not-too-distant future where people are like, oh yeah, we don't need fat, ugly people on the cover of Victoria's Secret. And as I've always said, like I like thicker women. You know, that's my preference, actually. But there's a difference between seeing someone like truly like fat, truly unattractive, their unattractive body or an unattractive face you know, being glorified or put on a pedestal. And so there'll come a point where like that, people retract from that. It'll just happen. I mean, look at, look at history. Look at history. And so like, you know, it's going to be more painful for those people who felt propped up by that stuff when it goes away. When people are suddenly like, oh yeah, you know, no. We were pretending. Because what it reminds me of, it's like when someone with Down syndrome 
is wins prom king. You know, like when they vote, you know, the, the retarded guy in his prom king. It's a nice thing to do. And like for someone with Down syndrome, like they might not even be able to reflect on it. But people do that sort of thing. It's like the make a wish sort of thing. Like they do it for all kinds of people. Like I remember that happening in school. Like sometimes like as as sort of an ironic gesture, like girls would pretend to be interested in into girls would pretend to be interested in some like repulsive nerd. And deep down that guy knows it's all bullshit. Like even if they don't do anything to to hurt him, like even if they're not they don't prank him about it. Like even if they just like act nice because they think it's charitable. Like, deep down, if that person's reflective at all, like, they know this is all false. It's like if the most popular pretty girl in school asks the most repulsive nerd to go to prom with her, like, it's it's not going to be real. And then when it goes away, when, when reality comes back, it's going to feel even worse. And so that's going to play out like on a social and cultural level where when people stop elevating some of these other types of people, overcorrecting, overcompensating, you know, it's not going to be very fun for them. It's going to be a pretty hard drop for a lot of people. But deep down, I'm sure they've known all along. Like when a girl who's not very beautiful, and, and I, you know, there's all kinds of beauty, sure. But when a girl's just straight up not very attractive, like so it, when someone's like, oh my God, you're so pretty. Isn't she pretty? Don't you think she's pretty? Like she knows that's, you know, a, a performance. She knows that's bullshit. And deep down, it doesn't feel very good. And I think this whole idea of like make everybody the protagonist what it's taken away of, too, is the idea that, oh, you may not be this, but you can find your niche somewhere. That's been, you know, one of the, it's like, I feel like kids movies are all about that, right? Where it's like, oh, you're not the protagonist. Like, that's not your role. Very, very few people are. You know, it's, it's extremely rare. Like, you can have a hundred supporting characters... You don't usually see that many, but you could have a hundred supporting characters. You know, most things can't really have more than one protagonist. Maybe they're able to, maybe it's like Star Wars, where you have a few. But still, like Luke's the main one. You're still going to have a main one. But being a protagonist at all is just so rare. And it's not something that's really chosen. It just happens. You know, like charisma, just somebody fitting the part. You know, it just it just happens that way. It's not by it's not something that's designed when it happens naturally. So um what was I saying about that? Yeah, I mean just the rarity of it means not everybody is going to be that. And because of that you could focus on other things. Like, rather than focusing on, like, oh, why can't I be the protagonist? Like, why don't they... Why can't I be on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition? You know, like, rather than focusing on that, like, you find your own niche. You find something else. And it doesn't even have to be because of that. 
You know, it doesn't even have to be something as simple as like, oh, because everybody said everybody thought I was ugly. I'm the ugly guy. Like I just I decided to be really funny and become a stand-up comedian. It doesn't even have to be that straight of a, a path. It doesn't have to be like I'm doing this because I can't be this. But it just frees up space. I mean, that's kind of what my uh, childhood was like. Like, I was a fat kid. And I never thought about it as like, oh, I can't be the protagonist because I'm a fat boy. So I'm going to, like, put all my effort into this. Oh, I'm not going to get that much interest from girls because I'm a fat boy. So I'm going to get really good at this or do this. But I did kind of have some extra space. Like, I've sometimes wondered what my life would have been like if I lost weight earlier in life. You know, I was like 20, 21 when I lost a lot of weight. But I've wondered what it would have been like in junior high, high school, you know, when you're hitting puberty and all that. Like, no point. It's And it's not like a woulda, coulda, shoulda thing. It's not like, oh, I wish I would have done that. I'm just kind of genuinely curious. I'm like, how... Would that have changed anything? Like, would I have not pursued certain interests because I would have been distracted by other things? Would my life be exactly the same? I have no idea. I mean, I definitely know I'm me and I've always been me. Um, But uh, what was I going to say about that? yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, like it wasn't. It wasn't like a straight A to B thing. Like, oh, because I'm fat, I'm gonna get interested in this or work on this. But I did end up possibly doing other things, like finding other niches for myself. I mean, I think for one, I, I probably ended up weirder than I would have been, or not. I might have been even weirder if I wasn't fat growing up. But I think in some ways, like I kind of pushed my brain. I don't know, just did something. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say. Um, but uh, it does free up space for people to focus on other things rather than thinking like, why are people, people like me aren't the main character? Like, you're going to think about that? You're going to focus on that? That's a really good way of proving you're not the protagonist. Like, if you wanted a, a better way to test yourself, to know whether or not you're actually the protagonist or not, spending time and energy thinking, like, I don't feel represented. That's like just an open-shut case. That, oh, you're, you're definitely not the hero. Holy shit, you're not the hero. That's what you're going to focus on? That's your battle? And then when when they do put you on the cover of the magazine... Or, or call you beautiful? Does Do you feel like the hero then? No. When people are charitable? When you're, it's basically Make-A-Wish Foundation? Like, you feel like the hero then? So it's just a, a really unheroic way of thinking. It doesn't make you the antagonist either. It just really it just makes you nothing. But yeah, kind of setting people up for a fall is what I was thinking about earlier. Where like beyond the annoyance of like suddenly we're all doing this, suddenly we're pushing this, suddenly it's this way. Like once beyond like the agitation of that, just long term, like 
I, I almost have sympathy for people because it's just it's going to run its course. Like eventually, people are going to going to go back to celebrating what they were celebrating. Probably with a newfound appreciation. Because, I mean, you can see where people overcompensate in that way, too. Like, that'll probably be filled with its own overcompensation. Like, I don't want that to happen in a sudden and forced way, either. I mean, I'm a contrarian. Like, if uh, in a year, suddenly people are like, yeah, we're putting beautiful people on the magazine covers again. Yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to really push on all the class, classic beauty again. Like, if that's sudden and forced, like, I'll reject that, too. I just don't like anything like that. So I don't want them to overcompensate with that stuff. And you can see where people, some people overcompensate. You can see with, like, you know, the niche alternative right wing, like, the way that people will push bodybuilding and classic beauty. It's, like, it's so cheap. Like, these Twitter accounts where they just post, like, classic art you know yeah classic art is beautiful it's great but fetishizing it in that way it feels very forced you know like remember this old painter oh look at the beauty of this old painting it's like yeah it's beautiful that stuff's classic for a reason but when you lean on it too hard it comes across forced too like young right-wing bodybuilders like the fetishization of muscle. Like I work out. I being muscular is cool. I like being muscular. But I try to kind of keep it. I do my best. I mean, like when you work out, this is just going to be a workout talk. But when you work out, like you want it to be noticeable. Like even if you do it simply for health, for discipline. I mean, I do it for all those reasons. But I'll readily admit, like I like it when people notice it. I don't want it. It's not like I'm like a bodybuilder and I walk around with people noticing all the time. But when someone does comment, I it's nice. It means that the work I do almost every day is noticed and that people perceive me in a certain way. Someone thinks I'm athletic or muscular or something like I mean, it's it really it feels nice. I'll admit it. Um, I'm just talking about my body, but uh, you know, I try. I try to kind of keep it in check, where because when you work out, it's really easy to get sucked into the workout mentality. It's it's one very easy to be vain. You know, it's very easy to like flex in front of the mirror or like want to show off or like push that shit or or feel self superior about it. Because I don't feel self superior about fitness or anything. Uh, it feels good. It feels right. But I, I don't feel like I'm better than anybody because I work out or anything like that. Um, where was I going with that? Um, what was I saying? Um, oh, just like, like leaning too hard into it, though, where like... And I've been on the verge of becoming this person at different points in my life. Like when I used to run, and I'm going to run again. Mark my words, I'm going to start running again when I have the time again. Um, but like when I used to run and lift weights and was just eating an amazing diet, like just truly it couldn't have been healthier. It couldn't have been more perfect. 
like one you feel almost manic half the time and you you want to be that person who's like grind work it wake up every day at 5 a.m. and grind you know you you can feel your something pulling you into being that person which is a trap I mean there's nothing wrong with people doing that but you know you don't want to become that person got my grind set got my mind set on my grind set and I mean I think it can be good to, to promote that a little bit like I mean I don't think it's bad to do it kind of almost like advice or, or even to because I mean I'll take photos of myself where you can see my muscles I've taken shirtless photos like um, I think you have to do a little bit of that it's like it's you put this work in it's like anything anything you're proud of it happens to be your body I don't see how that's different from like remodeling your bathroom and posting a picture of it either. I don't think that's fundamentally different. Like we think of it as more egotistical or showing less character when it's your body, but it's something you worked on and it's something you're proud of. And I don't really see the difference between a house and a body anyway. You know, it's like your soul inhabits your body, your body inhabits your house, and your house feels like an extension of your body. Because if somebody violates your house, you feel, your soul feels violated. You know, you inhabit different things. You inhabit your car. Like when you're driving your car, no, it's not like you feel like that's your physical body, but it is an extension of your body. It's why like when someone touches your car, like someone like a, like someone standing in a parking lot and they just like put a hand on your car while they're talking to somebody you're like oh you fucking touching my car like even if it's just they're just hanging out like someone leans against your car there's they're not doing any damage to it and like on one hand it's cuz it's yours but why is it yours it's not just cuz you legally own it it's cuz it feels like an extension of your body it feels like an extension of your soul your body's an extension of your soul your car is an extension of your body. Of course, you're going to feel something if, if, if you feel violated or something. It's the same as somebody touching you. Like if someone you don't know just leans on you, you're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Even, even, if you, even if you know they mean no harm and it's not causing you any grief whatsoever, it's not causing you any problems. Like if someone just puts a hand on you, a hand on your shoulder, same really similar feeling to like if somebody were to put their hand on your car without permission or your house so i don't know i mean like you know i don't see how the body is that different from anything else that's an extension of us how is that different from creativity oh i recorded this song and i'm going to share it with everybody somehow that's more noble than working out and showing off your muscles. I mean, to be honest, I'd rather see somebody's workout photo, post-workout photo, than hear their song. But, you know, we've tricked ourselves into thinking that, like, oh, no, like, if you, if you are proud of your body, it's a problem, or you're being too boastful or arrogant, whereas, like, anything else that's an extension of you or that you're proud of, that's, that's okay. It's okay. 
But you can go too far with it. That's what I'm saying here, where like you can fetishize it and you can see where the, because there's been this movement towards celebrating the unhealthy or the unsightly, some people overcompensate and they're like, does anyone remember classic art, classic art much, huh? You know, there's people who get that way about it. It's the same as like people fetishizing traditional values fetishizing Christianity, people who role play as if they were like a 1950s American when they couldn't be further from it. I understand why people do that. And like, honestly, sometimes I catch myself getting sucked into that stuff too. But you have to catch yourself. You know, you don't want to do it as a counter signal. And because, you know, the glorification of the unhealthy is associated with progressivism, you know, of course, you see the opposite of that on the right, where it tends to be like, anyone remember what it was like to, you know, uh, does anybody remember six foot tall, blonde, ripped guys? You know, any, has anybody forgotten about that? And it's just, it's kind of this counter signal, this overcompensation in the opposite direction. So I'd like to see us just return to a more classic idea of beauty. But I'd rather see it happen naturally and gradually and not just create this false nostalgia for what came in the past, but even, you know, come up with new versions of that. You know, come up with our own new versions. But I also think there's a ebb and flow to it. Where I think you can only appreciate the classics fully again once you've strayed in the opposite direction too far. You know, because it did get kind of old, like, looking back like 20 or more years ago, like, it did get kind of old seeing the same sort of characters and imagery. It's just that it went too far in the opposite direction. I mean, we saw this with the anti-hero trend where there was a period where like the most popular comic books and comic book movies, this started in the 90s, continued into the 2000s, but it was the anti-hero. It was like, he's dark and we don't really understand his motives and neither does he. This existential superhero. And they often looked more like villains. You know, as I've said before, Batman was not an anti-hero, but he was sort of a kind of a proto version, like kind of a a hint at that idea. But he, he definitely wasn't an anti-hero, but they were kind of like, as far as superheroes go, kind of testing the waters with that. But then it went full on, like Image Comics was one of the biggest, obviously. But a lot of movies, even outside of comic books, a lot of movies and stuff really pushed the anti-hero thing to the point where the good old classic superhero was pretty much out of the picture. Nobody cared. Nobody, everybody was sick of it. They thought he looked stupid. A guy in bright primary colors. People are like, why would I? Why would I ever be into that? But then we see what ended up happening is Marvel got huge again. As people got sick of the superhero th or of the antihero thing, the traditional superhero, yeah, like a, a modern reinvented version, but still the classic superheroes, the Marvel characters just got massive. People were hungry for that again. Like, yeah, there's still anti-heroes. And I, I haven't seen any of those Marvel movies that keep coming out. 
for all I know, they make the characters more existential and stuff, but they're still using those classic characters. And I think in large part, the popularity of that is going back in the other direction again. Oh, like, hey, we, we're kind of sick of superheroes who wear trench coats and black masks. I can't think of any who actually dress that way, but that's the sort of vibe. Oh, he smokes cigarettes and he wears a, a black costume and a trench coat and he curses. He's kind of a bad guy, but not really. He used to be a bad guy, and now he's trying to do the right thing, but he doesn't really know what the right thing is. People can only take so much of that. It's the example I always use is cars, car designs. I don't know if it's still like this, but for many years I would notice, you know, every few years, every five years maybe, maybe longer, but just you'd see new car designs would be more rounded, like rounded edges. And then every car's round. The last few models of this car have been round. And suddenly they kind of square it off again and people are like, <gasps> but, but it was square before it was round. But every few years, like people, they want to shake it up and they're like, oh, yeah, we, we can only do so much with round, rounded edges before they're like sharp edges, hard corners. But that's just kind of the nature of everything. Like, people get kind of sick of this, so they go back to that. I mean, I remember seeing that with music, like something like death metal, where like technical death metal was really big, at least as far as metal and death metal goes, around the late 90s. And then I think it, it got really big through maybe the mid 2000s. And then we saw like trends shift back toward like more raw, old school simplified death metal like it got just insanely technical like a million dissonant notes and then people wanted to hear just kind of you know blunt force again they just wanted to hear something just more of a thud you know it's just we get sick of the one thing and we veer in the other direction and so that's what's going on now with make everybody the protagonist you know we got sick of these people being the protagonist so we're going to make all these other types of people the protagonist it's just with that there's some things though where beyond just like overcompensating or veering or kind of correcting things or people just being sick of one thing i think in this case like nobody really was sick of of the traditional protagonist like people resented it because like this has such a a socio-political dimension to it that's one of the issues with this and that just sort of poisons everything when there's a socio-political angle to it like with death metal or car designs there's not a socio-political element like when for 10 years they've been making rounded cars rounded car designs they don't suddenly start making them square again to be like as some sort of social or cultural or political statement it's just kind of it's just taste change you know it's just taste like we're kind of sick of eating this we're kind of sick of eating ravioli every day of the week so we're gonna have pot stickers no same it's like the same thing um we're sick of having ravioli every week so we're gonna have burgers i every time i try to like use a food analogy 
I just can't even come up with anything. I'm not a food guy. But part of it is just taste. Like when you have too much of something, you want something different. But with some of these other things I'm talking about, there is this heavy social and cultural element. Like with the protagonist thing, it's like I'm, you know, the hero in every movie is, you know, a muscular white man. What they call muscular white men. And so we got to do the opposite. Because they've been holding us down. They've been preventing us from, from being the heroes. Because I, I can't feel heroic or I can't feel, you know, I, I can't feel complete in my own waking life. If they're not making movies where someone who looks like me is the main guy, the main person. There's a resentment to it. Um, and I think, you know, it, it will just default to that. That's the thing, too, is like, yeah, it's good to have some variety. It's good to have different types of characters if they're good characters. But I think things ultimately do, like a warrior is going to default to a certain look. Like a hero is going to default to a certain look. Might not be identical in every case. But there's going to be kind of just a general composite that emerges. And that hasn't been forced on anybody. It's natural. You know, it is a very natural thing. I mean, you can see it like there's certain people where everybody looks at them when they walk into a room. Even if they don't particularly care, they just notice them. Some people stand out. Some people just have something. It's a rare quality to have. And so when you, when something does have a, you know, a socio-political weight to it, it's one even flimsier. Because if it was just a matter of taste, like if it was just a matter of like, oh, hey, we really want to see fat women on the cover of Victoria's Secret. That'd be different if it was a demand. I mean, you could you could see this happen with body parts. You could see this happen with like boobs and arses, where you know I, the world I grew up in was largely a tit world. Tits were the thing. You see her tits. You know, before that it was legs. I remember as a kid that always seemed so old timey to me. Like if someone said, you see the legs on her? Like you had to be somebody's grandpa to say that. I never remember any kids my age from my generation or even Gen X ever commenting on a woman's legs. Like even if she had wonderful legs, it just wasn't something you focused on or pointed out. You could see the legs on her? Man, she's got legs for days. But you know, boobs. Boobs got a lot of attention. Boobs were the focus. A lot of plastic surgery involved the boobs. A lot of what boys noticed about women were their boobs, the double DDs. And, uh, and then there was a shift, though, to the arse. And you see more plastic surgery of the arse. You see more arses, big arses, 
on the covers of magazines. A lot of porn, just in general, the shift focus to that. You know, sex isn't static. You know, yeah, the, the people who liked, people who like asses also like boobs. But there's much more of a focus. Like, that's more important even. Whereas, it felt like it used to be the opposite. Well, like, yeah, people talked about, like, a nice ass, nice arse many years ago. But the focus was on, well, what are, what, are, what are tits like? But now if you talk about tits, you sound like someone's grandpa. Like, I remember my friend saying that. Like, I was hanging out with a couple friends, and one of them mentioned boobs for some reason. And this other friend, I wish I could remember who it was, was like, what are you, my grandpa? Boobs? But it's true. You know, to focus on boobs today, in the last 10, 15 years, is kind of old-timey. But that's a matter of just taste shifting. You, you could analyze why that happened, but it's always happened. You know, people have, like the, the sexual focus shifts over time for various reasons. I, don't, I wouldn't be able to explain it. I could try, I've thought about it, but I'll save it for another time. But that's just a matter of taste. Like, People want to see that. People want to see asses more than boobs these days. They just want that. Nobody's forced it on them. It wasn't like a decision was made where it's like, yeah, on the cover of uh, swimsuit magazines, instead of like really focusing on the boobs, we're going to ha have girls standing with their back to the camera so you can see their arse. It wasn't forced. It wasn't sudden and forced. It, it was gradual. And it was a response to people's tastes. That's what they wanted to see. That's what they want to see. Not so much with these other things. Not at all with these other things. Nobody's watching Star Wars thinking like, you know what, like, in the next Star Wars, they better make the Jedi, the main Jedi, a girl. They better. That's what I want to see. Yeah, there's maybe a small number of people who actively thought that. But it's not really a response to taste. You know, maybe that's just what... I mean, I'm not even commenting on Star Wars casting a girl to play a Jedi or anything like that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Not that big of a deal. But, you know, there, it's not like there was a huge demand for it either. Whereas there are other changes that are made where there is a huge demand. And so with a lot of this stuff that takes on like a social, cultural, political slant, or is that entirely make everybody the protagonist, you know, there isn't much of a demand for it, but it happens anyway, and it's forced on people. And that's why you see such a backlash. It creates, it, it, which is an unnecessary byproduct. Like, like the backlash isn't fun. Like, it's not fun to talk about there being so many fat mannequins at Target. Like, I can make light of it, and it's, it's funny, and it's interesting to observe. But it's not fun to hear people talk about that stuff over and over and over again. Like, it's not fun to hear these pundits complain about wokeness over and over and over again. It's not fun. It's not interesting. Maybe, like, the first time you hear it, but it's not like there's, there's much to think about. It's not like there's that much to analyze. 
And so that just ends up being kind of this unnecessary byproduct, like this sludge. And the whole process is what's creating that sludge. And there's a lot of cultural sludge these days. It feels like most of it really is just cultural sludge. And that cultural sludge is just the byproduct of forcing things. It's forcing this process. And because it's so forced, these things aren't going to have a long lifespan. Like they're not going to be, elements of this aren't going to remain. They're not going to be like integrated into the, the long-term picture. You know, it, it's, it, suddenly that stuff's probably going to be rejected. You know, if the pendulum swings back hard enough, it's like there'll be no fat girls in Victoria's Secret. And it's because of the sludge. It's because this doing that created all this sludge. Which isn't good for those people. Like, And, and those people like people who are tricked into thinking like I'm the protagonist too. Like, they're going to be let down. They're going to be hurt by it more than they would have been otherwise. It's like getting chosen as prom queen out of charity. Like, it's going to hurt more when you enter the real world and nobody treats you like the prom queen. And you knew all along that you weren't the prom queen. You're not a legitimate prom queen. Someone votes you in as prom queen out of charity. Like, you're not the prom queen. Might sound mean to say that, but you're not. There was probably some other girl, like a very popular, pretty girl, who might not have worn the crown, but everybody knows she was the prom queen. If it makes someone feel good, I'm not against it. I'm not against making the girl with Down syndrome the prom queen. Like, when it's someone like that, it's different, too. Like, I, I think there's some, like, true... Um, True make-a-wish type stuff. I think that's even a little different. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. Like I don't. I feel like people have always done that, like Rudy or something. Like the movie Rudy, where he, <laughs> I always forget he's not retarded in that, but he's he's just like. I don't know what is he. He's like the. He works for the grounds crew at the college stadium. And it's based on a true story, of course, but then he tries out for the team and he's obviously not an athlete but then there's they let him in for one play at the end of the season and he makes a tackle and then like they all carry him on their shoulders and i guess that really happened um you know i'm not against that story like you know i think those sorts of stories have always shown up you know like the idea of like the unlikely hero who's not really the hero but you know they did so, they they did something charitable to make that person feel like the hero and there can be something heroic about that like rudy like that character represents something the rudy character you know he represents like resilience and passion and you know it, it becomes almost like a mascot and when people say mascot they use it in this insulting way but there's nothing insulting about being a mascot
nothing insulting about it. But it, it's, it is more of like a mascot hero than it is like an actual hero. Like Rudy being this weird, unathletic misfit who doesn't get to play, but he stands on the sidelines and they let him in for one play when it doesn't matter and he makes a tackle, so they celebrate it heavily as if he like won the game for them. You know, that has its place and, and those sorts of characters and moments are important, but it's not the same as the guy who scored six touchdowns and won the game or the guy who kicked the game-winning field goal. It's just not the same kind of hero. But the problem with the with what's been going on the last ten or so years or more last since the two, early two thousand tens it's been really pushed. It's been pushed for longer than that, but the last decade is when we really have seen it go completely overboard. The problem with that is it, it obscures the Rudies. It's what they call obscuring the Rudies. You ever heard of that one? Obscuring the Rudies, but it obscures the real Rudies. <laughs> Because um, I wouldn't even know where to look for those stories, like the, the real organic versions of those stories, the unlikely hero or, or just the unlikely character who does one simple thing that makes them celebrated despite not being the hero, despite not being the protagonist. Like, I wouldn't even know where to look for those stories because there's so many fake-ass versions fake-ass versions. So it obscures the real Rudy's. It, it obscures the real, you know, the real examples of that happening. Like, there could be a fat girl, and I mean, there's fat girls that I find very attractive. There's no question. Batty, don't bite me, man. Bit me when I said there's fat girls that I find attractive. No, there's fat girls that I find very attractive. But when you just kind of throw people onto magazines, when you just throw them all out there, when when fat equals beautiful becomes like all fat girls are beautiful, I'm like, wait a second. Some fat girls are beautiful. But come on. Like, are we not going to discriminate? Like, there's some fat girls I find hot, very hot sometimes. But... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still discriminant. I don't just think fat girls are hot. Most of them I don't find hot at all. But sometimes there's one where I'm like, damn, you know, that, damn, damn. You know, there are some like that. And so, like, they, they could have their own natural place. Like, I mean, let's go with, like, the casting decisions, too. You know, it's like, you know, there's a... A sort of character that you can, um, there's a sort of, sort of actor who doesn't fit, like, fit that role, or it's a change to that character. I gotta get my words straight. Like, let's just go with, like, the common one, like, casting a black actor to play a character that's always been white. White. Like, that can be done. Like, that can be done effectively. There's, there is an organic way to do that. There are times when it works based on like the time and place. But when you just churn that out, when it's just like this copy machine, just make like 
let's just change them all. Let's just do this. Oh, you ever think about this? What if we change the character to make them black? You know, when they do it with everything and it's really indiscriminate, one, you just kind of assume they're doing that with everything now. And it makes it hard to, to see the examples where it's like, oh, that made sense or that worked. Same with, you know, putting a, a girl who's not traditionally attractive up on a pedestal, throwing a bikini on her, putting a martini in her hand, having her stand in front of a Lamborghini. Like, there's a way that could work. But when that's being done at the scale it's being done at, you can't find the real ones. You can't find where it works. It takes away from the times where that does work. It's called obscuring the real Rudy. It's hard to see what anything is with this cultural sludge. Children